With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What we need is more common sense. More common sense. We've got to use plain old common sense. Breaking down the world's nonsense. About how American common sense will see us through. With the common sense of Houston. I'm just pro common sense. For Houston, from Houston. This is the Jimmy Barrett Show, brought to you by ViewIn.com. Now, here's Jimmy Barrett. All right, welcome to our Wednesday edition on a very cool day today. Have you been outside at all today? I got home from the morning show today, I took Swiper out for a walk, and it's like, holy moly, it's cold out here. I'm still wearing shorts. You know, I'm like, I think Michael Berry's the same way I am in this. I, I wear shorts whenever I can. Um, I, I don't know. I like short pants. What can I tell you? So I, I wear shorts, and I have a tendency to wear shorts even into the winter months unless it gets to the point. Trying to remember, what my, where, where was my threshold? It was kind of like my when, when I was golfing a lot, um, and I lived further up north. I used to have a, a minimum threshold for golf. When I lived in Michigan... The temperature had to be above 40 to golf. When I lived in Virginia, the temperature had to be above 50 for golf. And now that I live in Texas, the temperature needs to be above 60. But even more importantly, the temperature needs to be below 90. (laughs) I didn't have a maximum temperature anywhere else, but I do now that I live in Texas. But today I make it chilly. I, oh, I hear you. I hear you. Are you going to put beans in your chili? Yes, I am. Because that's what the wife likes, that version of chili. So it's, don't worry. It's not Texas chili. I'm not going to try to pass it off like Texas chili. And I would never offer to my fellow Texans, it's, it's Texas chili. I know it's not. It's got beans. And it's not real spicy. So, uh, but it's a good day for that today because it's nice and cool. Actually, I actually did because uh, I refused to turn the furnace on. Do you do that too? How long do you wait before you turn the furnace on? Before you say, okay, it's going to be cold and I'm not going to freeze. I'm, I'm turning on the furnace. I have a tendency to wait as long as I can. I mean, once I do it for the first time, I'm fine. Uh, but today I get home and the house is about 66, 67 degrees, which is not bad at all. Um, when it starts getting down into the low 60s, is when I start going, huh, maybe I'm going to have to flip the switch. So it's not, it's not going to happen this time out because it's going to start warming up again starting tomorrow. Uh, but, um, you know, my I think the same kind of thing. i got rules here. I'm not going to turn the furnace on unless our te- high temperature is not going to be getting out of the 50s. Then I'll think about it. It's, and it's more, it's not so much about what the high temperature is going to be, it's what the low temperature is going to be. If the low temperature is going to get down around freezing and drop the, the, the temperature in the house below 60, then I'll hit the furnace. So I, I don't have to do that yet either. All right, let's talk about a few economic things here during segment number one on today's show. Ted Cruz uh, was on Fox last night, and he was talking about uh, two different things. 
We'll start with this. Here's Ted Cruz last night on what he sees as the top three issues in this upcoming midterm election. The top three issues in the country, according to national polling, are number one, inflation, and especially gas prices, number two, crime, and number three, illegal immigration. On all three of them, the Democrat far-left agenda of Biden and Harris and Pelosi and Schumer is a train wreck. And, and, and if you look at people are hurting, their lives are more difficult. If you're a young person coming out of school, the cost of rent's gone up, the cost of food's gone up. You don't have the ability to, to, to make basic ends meet. It's even worse if you're a young parent and you're trying to put diapers on your kid, you're trying to get baby formula for your kid, you're trying to get braces on your kid. All of those costs have gone through the roof. And, and then there's seniors. You know, if you've spent 30, 40 years saving, you've been responsible, you've done what you're supposed to do, you have a 401k, you have a retirement, and suddenly the Democrats get in power, and in two years, your retirement drops 20, 25, 30%. The average nationally is $34,000 that's dropped on 401ks. You got seniors who are living on that, they got a whole lot less retirement savings, and the cost of everything has skyrocketed. And I'll tell you, there are a lot of seniors who were getting ready to retire. I just read a recent story that said fully one-third of seniors who are still working have decided to delay their retirement because now their retirement savings is hey, less Senator, and they can't afford it. People can are hurting, that. and that's why we're going to see the kind of tidal wave election. There you go. That's uh, Sean Hannity trying to butt in there. That's the only thing I don't like about Sean Hannity. Have you ever noticed how often he interrupts his guests? That part drives me crazy. I, I hate that. hate listening to the interruption. I mean, he's there's no denying the man's talent, but uh, but I don't care much for the interruptions. Uh, anyway, so that's what he had to say about the economy. So let's get let's get he he was willing to come out and make some a pretty bold prediction last night too, and how he thinks the election will turn out. Here is his prediction. Look, I think look, I think there's enormous energy. I think we're going to retake both the House and Senate in the House. I think we're going to end up with a big majority. I think we're going to end up with a majority in the range of 30 to 50 seats, which is historic. It's on the order of what we saw in 2010. I think that same sort of election is coming in November in the Senate. I think we're going to take the majority, and I think we could be anywhere between 51 and 57 seats. I'd probably predict right now 53 or 54 is, is where I think the Senate is. You know what's really striking? You were listing where you're going, Sean. I was, I was listing where I, I'm going. You know who's not doing that? Joe Biden. Joe Biden is nowhere to be found in Georgia. He's nowhere to be found in Nevada. He's nowhere to be found in Arizona. He's nowhere to be found in New Hampshire. He's nowhere to be found in Ohio. He's nowhere to be found in North Carolina. Why? Because none of the Democrats running want to be anywhere near him. They're running away desperately from the failed agenda of the radical left. That really says something when the president of the United States is, is, is a millstone around the neck of these Democrat candidates but they've been rubber stamps for the radical left agenda for two years, and, and now they're forced to face the voters. You know, he's trying real, they're trying real hard. You know, every time something comes out like that New York Times poll that says that Democrats and independents care more about the economy than they care about anything else, they're upset. They're freaking out over it. Like, like you should expect something else. I mean, at the end of the day, you can have whatever position you want to have on abortion but the bottom line is you have to feed your family and you have to keep your family safe those types of issues are always going to overtake the the, the more social issues no matter what all right quick little break back with more in a moment jimmy barrett show here on am 950 kprc
here on AM 950 KPRC. Jimmy Bear Show here on a Wednesday. Election's getting close. Halloween's getting close, too. Um, I, I, I saw a list of Halloween jokes. They are really, really corny. They're more corny than candy corn. By the way, do you like candy corn? Not not a lot of people do. I never quite understood the appeal of candy corn. That, that, that's like pure, unadulterated sugar. Is there, I'm going to have to look up the ingredients in candy corn. Is there even anything in candy corn other than the sugar? I don't know that there is. But um, I, I'm back with my full-size candy bars this year. So if um, if you are a youngster who happens to live in my neighborhood... And, well, I don't expect, if, if you're the parent of a youngster who has to live in my neighborhood, and you and you might know if you live in my neighborhood or not, then come by for a full-size candy bar for trick-or-treat for Halloween. If you are a youngster who's being bussed in, <laughs> I don't mean literally bussed in, but every, but every, I've always, always found that strange. Every Halloween, every place I've ever lived, there's always, and you can tell, there's always a couple of vanfuls of kids who come from other neighborhoods to what they think, I guess, is is greener pastures, places where they can get more candy or get better candy. Um, I never thought it would, be, you know, candy was something that was worth, you know, getting getting a bunch of kids in a van and going to a different neighborhood to get it. <laughs> But I guess that's what happens. But I just want I just want those those parents to know I'm on to you. I have been on to you for years. So there are two bags of candy at my house. There's the full size bag and then there's the the the, the bite size bag. I'm not gonna turn your child away. It's not fair. Probably wasn't even their idea to hop in the van and come to my neighborhood. <laughs> I'm guessing that was the parents' idea. So there will be candy, but there will be no full size candy bar. If I see a van outside with a bunch of kids getting out, I'm, I'm just saying. All right. Let's talk a little bit more. I was talking about that New York Times poll, New York Times. New York Times lamenting that you would be more concerned about the economy than you are about, quote unquote, saving the democracy. Here is Joy Behar on The View and a response from Judge Jeanine Pirro. Well, what's depressing is that the New York Times released a poll today that says that 71% of voters agree that democracy is under threat. Yeah. But only 7% of voters uh, rank a threat to democracy as a major issue this election cycle. Yeah. I find that so depressing. I can't begin to tell you. That's yeah. why I don't like polls. First of all, people think that women vote on one issue only, and they don't. And it's about time that they recognized women as more than just women who are concerned about people concerned about abortion. Okay, they were so invested in this issue after the official decision was leaked by the Supreme Court that they allowed for the disruption for months, for six weeks, at least seven weeks after the decision came out of people going in front of the justice's home, the attempted assassination on Justice Kavanaugh and all of the outrage. That's how they were playing it out. So it wasn't just the ads, and of course they spent millions, you're right, Dana, ahead of time on these ads on abortion, but they made the world, America at least, look at all this lunacy that no one was buying into because the people who were watching it had to go to the store and figure out how much money they had for dinner for the week for their kids and how far they could drive. Basic survival always works its way to the top of the list. 
and for women, independent women in particular, things having to do with their family are always the most important. So if they're the ones that are in charge of the household budget, especially when it comes to things like grocery shopping and how much money are we going to allocate for this, how much money are we going to allocate for that, that's going to be the priority. Of course it's going to be the priority. Taking care of your family becomes priority number one. That's a priority, should be priority number one for everybody. You know, figuring out how you're going to take care of your family. So, yeah, they're concerned more about the economy than they are about, quote-unquote, saving the democracy. Here's, here's the other thing about saving the democracy. I would say probably we're pretty evenly split between liberals and conservatives about what it would take to save the democracy. Conservatives think saving the democracy requires us to back away from our march towards socialism. We don't necessarily even want to save the democracy. We want to save the republic. The republic is what is important. Save the republic. Now, for liberals, maybe abortion is their number one issue, at least for a few of them. But for them, we got to save abortion to save the democracy? That doesn't even compute. Does not even compute. Here's the other thing independent women are concerned about. Safety, crime, uh, the border. And the reason why they're worried about the border is because the amount of the millions of people who are coming across it. What does that mean for my child's future? What does that mean for their educational future? What does that mean for their employment future? What does this country look like 10, 15, 20 years from now? And I don't mean from a standpoint of black versus white versus Hispanic. I'm talking about what does this country look like as far as what language we're speaking, what our, what, our, what our culture looks like. What does this do to us culturally? Does it enrich us? I hope it does. But if we have a population of you know, millions of people, and we already do, who are not citizens, who can't vote, are we granting them all amnesty? How does this whole thing end up? It's, it's a problem, and crime is a huge problem right now. Gun sales are through the roof. People are worried about protecting their family because we have people out there who want to defund the police, who want to dismantle the police. And what are those people running for governor of the state of Texas, for goodness sakes? Yeah, we're worried about a lot of other things other than, quote-unquote, saving the democracy because we can't agree on what it takes to save it, for one thing. Okay, enough on that one. So let me move on to Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich, of course. Now, the last time... We had a similar situation was the contract for America that Newt Gingrich was the one that came up with. He had an assessment of the Democrat Party, and basically I think he thinks most of them are pretty crazy. Look, I think the Democratic Party is breaking into two wings. One is weird and the other is insane. Uh, And from their standpoint, given what they believe in, uh, a Republican victory is a unthinkable, horrifying thing. I mean, we might control spending. We might return power to the people. Uh, We might go for oil and gas independence. Uh, We might lock up criminals. I mean, we might actually expect schools to teach kids. I mean, there are a number of horrifying things, if you're a true left winger, that we might be in favor of. So I sort of understand their anxiety. The problem they have is nothing they're doing is working. 
Uh, I just did a study yesterday when Joe Biden bought his most recent ice cream cone. It turned out that in the last uh, 10 months, ice cream has gone up 20%. So he was sort of the personal personification of inflation coming down the street. Uh, <clears throat> go, go through item after item. Uh, you know, you want more criminals on the street? You vote for Fetterman in Pennsylvania. You want to make sure that Biden continues to inflate the economy? You vote for Warnock in Georgia. You want to make sure that we have IRS agents, but nobody on the border? You vote for Mark Kelly in Arizona. All this stuff is coming home, and that's why the next three weeks you'll see, I think, you'll see the Democrats grow more and more panicked. Well, I don't know if panic is setting in or not. It's, it's, it's interesting to me that uh, there's a lot of early voting going on. Early voting has started in some states. And in fact, in Georgia right now, they have set a record for early voting. Now, should if, if you're a conservative, should you be concerned because the people who turn out the earliest for early voting generally are Democrats? Or are you thinking to yourself, we've got an electorate that is so engaged in the midterm elections that they can't wait to vote. Um, I don't know, but here's what I do know. I have to. I think we have to assume that everybody has a stake in this election. This is not a midterm election you can afford to sit out. This is a midterm election we all need to participate in. We all need to get out there. We all need to vote. We all need to take whatever time is necessary to do it. If you're the kind of person who likes early voting, uh, I don't mind early voting. I know that Republicans generally wait until election day to vote, but you know I'll, I'll, I'll vote when it's convenient. But I will vote. Make no mistake about that. I will get out and vote, and I trust you will too. All right, back with more in a moment. Jimmy Barrett Show here on AM nine fifty KPRC. Here on AM 950 KPRC. Now, yesterday, we played for you a piece of audio gold from uh, the Harris County Commissioner's meeting. Alex Rosen was there, and he wanted to, I mean, he's a member of the public, he's a taxpayer like the rest of us, and he wanted to address the Commissioner's Court, and in particular, he wanted to address Lena Hildago. If you didn't hear the cut we played yesterday, before we bring Alex on, here it is. Next is Alex Rosen speaking in person on item one. You have one minute. All right. What's up, everybody? I have a very, very easy solution to this tax disagreement. Lena, how about we use the $11 million funneled to your friend for the fake COVID vaccination money laundering you did to fund, you know, your money laundering initiatives? I mean, the three, the three... The three people that work for you that are indicted for funneling money and frauding, use that money to pay for what you want rather than raise our taxes. The last four years, Houston has become murderous. It's become corrupt. The worst it's ever been. I'd rather have a rock. Folks, we have folks. I'd we rather need, have a rock in office than you. Hang on a second. We, whoever's at the mic gets the right to speak, okay? So and let's I'm, give an opportunity. Can my time restart, please? No. no, it paused. Okay, paused. thank you. Continue. I'd rather have a rock in office than you because at least a rock isn't as hard-headed as you are. You blow money like Mayor Turner his interns. Well, since you've been basking in George Soros' money, 
Everybody else has been suffering with inflation and lawlessness, and we are not going to stand for $50 million going to planting trees to stop crime. I'm going to be voting for Alexandria Del Moral Mueller and not Lena No Moral Sir, Thank you. Did, you. did you say his name for the record? You, you didn't say your name, sir. Okay. Just want to make sure everybody knows your nuts. <laughs> that, that was Rodney Ellis at the end, by the way. You know what my favorite part of that, though, is? The very polite, polite conversation between um, Alex Rosen and uh, lockdown Lena Hildago um, in between, you know, in between his rather scathing remarks. Alex joins us here on AM 950 KPRC. That, sir, is one minute and 26 seconds of pure audio gold. How prepared were those remarks? Um, so I did prepare it as I was driving over uh, to the commissioner's court. I had my girlfriend on the phone. I was like, okay, here, I'm going to tell you what I want, want to say. And she just like wrote it all down for me. So I didn't like practice it at all. I was like my first time really reading it, and uh, yeah. You sounded a little nervous. Is this your first commissioner's meeting or your first confrontation, I should say, with officials at a commissioner's meeting? Um, yeah, commissioner's court is my first one, and yeah, I was definitely a little bit shaky because you know I hadn't, I didn't like really recite any of it, and I was just going in cold. And of course, like the whole audience was like pro Lena Hidalgo, so I knew I was like just going to go in and shake it up. So. Did you make eye contact with her at all while you're making your remarks, or did you kind of keep your head down and just make sure you got through your remarks okay? Well, since Lena, since Lena uh, decided to not post the video, uh, which is I think illegal because it's like public record, um, I think this is the first time not posting the video up, so you can't get to see how I was looking. But yeah, I think that's part of the reason why it was shaky too, because. You know, I didn't have any of it memorized, so I was looking at Lena straight in her face the whole time. So, you know, I had to like kind of switch between, so that's probably why I like slipped up on words a little bit. Why? What kind of an expression did she have on her face? How did she interact with you? She didn't say much other than uh, protecting your right to continue to speak. But what was the expression on her face while you're making these comments about her? Um, gosh, I wish she would just post a video, but she's a coward. Um, the she was just kind of she. I mean, she was looking at me too. Like she wouldn't have her head down or anything like that. She was just kind of looking at me, just a little bit dumbfounded that somebody was questioning her highness. Yeah, somehow that doesn't surprise me a whole heck of a lot. Obviously, you're a frustrated Harris County taxpayer. I'm a, I can relate. I'm a frustrated Harris County taxpayer as well. But it, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty rare for people to get fired up enough about something that they take out of time out of work or their day or, or whatever it is that they're doing in their real lives in order to go down and, and to confront an elected official the way you did what what was what was the straw that broke the camel's back for you well just seeing how you know because what i do for a living you know i have a youtube channel we do a show like to catch a predator so i travel the country exposing online child predators and confronting them and you know just seeing how easy it is in a lot of states to get these predators arrested to get them convicted very quickly versus Houston, which is just murderous, lawless. Um, the fact that we have a predator arrested in Cheyenne, Wyoming, before you have one in Houston, speaks everything about how Harris County runs. Um, you know, just seeing how hor- horribly run it is, all these people getting let out on bail, how one of my high school teammates was let out on a, on a $100 bond and then end up killing somebody. Um, yeah, I mean, it pisses me off. And then, you know, I'll never pass up a good opportunity to just dunk on some communists. Well, hey, and, and, and listen, it, it got a lot of attention. And the good news about it is, is you created something, 
And people may say, well, that was rude or that was crude. And, and it was a little, the Mayor Turner comment was a little crude, but that, that's okay. I, underst- I understood why you said it. <laughs> and it's, it's, not, it's not like you didn't say something that was factual. It, it's just that the, yeah, that it you, slandering, yeah. It, it, you had the guts, you had the guts to actually say that. Mayor Turner wasn't there though, was he? No, no. His slightly better looking lookalike Rodney Ellis was, however, and I'm sure they have the same tendencies. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot vouch for that as fact. So um, I understand that you also went to a uh, Lena Hildago rally. Is this the one where Beto was at and where the uh, the guy who wrote Hamilton, Lynn uh, Manuel Miranda, was there to endorse Beto? Is that the rally you went to? Yeah, so I know Beto had one last night, and I wish I knew I would have gone to that one, too, because I crash Beto stuff all the time. But I got Lena twice yesterday, one in the morning, one at night. Um, the night one will be posted soon. But, um, yeah, so I went early in the morning to a coffee shop. That's where Lena was doing her little meet and greet. And, you know, she was just shaking the hands of all of her supporters or whatnot. And I just kind of went up to her and said, hey, what's going on with the indictments of three of your council members? And, you know, I I don't. Maybe she didn't understand the question or something like that. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt because surely someone honest and transparent like her would answer her would answer her constituents. But nonetheless, I didn't get an answer, and I got a chorus of boos from you know the most effeminate men I've ever seen. Well, I'll tell you what. That takes cojones to to walk into a den of uh, people you know are there, you know, hardcore liberals who are there to support people like Nina Hidalgo and Beto O'Rourke because because you never mm-hmm. know when one of them might do something stupid. Yeah, I get. I've had a. I, I was in D.C. and I crashed a rally, a plant like a woman's march rally, and she went in the middle of it. And they do get. They do get violent. Now, granted, I'm glad they don't know what a gym is. They don't get. You know, it doesn't hurt, but they do get violent for sure. <laughs> so, are you? Do you consider yourself an activist? I guess you would, wouldn't you? I would say so. Yeah. Okay. Um, obviously because of what you do on your YouTube channel, that that's obviously a, a pet cause for you. What are some of the other things that gather your attention as an activist? Gosh, I mean, you know, obviously child safety is number one priority because, you know, I want to, I want to have kids. I'm only 22 years old and, you know, I obviously want them to have a safe future, at least as good as possible. So that's definitely hits home for me. And, um, gosh, I mean, you know, seeing, I mean, I just hate taxes too. It's just, I mean, I know it's pretty cliche to say, but my God, just knowing that like, you know, 27% of my income is just going to disappear in April. is just kind of pissing me off. Okay. Do, do you consider yourself, you, you kind of sound like maybe you're a bit of a libertarian. Do you have libertarian tendencies? Um, I used to, um, you know, ideally that's, that's the ideal way to run the world. But, uh, you know, with the culture stuff, like, you know, live and let live obviously doesn't work when the other side wants to not let you live how you want to live. You know, when they inflict drag queen story hour on children and try to groom and groom and use children as pawns, I can't really be libertarian anymore. Yeah. Did you go to college? I went to Texas Southern for a year and was on the football team. Um, you know, got no playing time. I was just a freshman, you know. But uh, I played on Texas Southern for a year, and then I went to HEC for um, half a semester. Or I'm sorry, or just one semester, half a year. And then from there, I just kind of, oh, I dropped out and then started, you know, catching the predators. Like, I kind of took off, and that's what I've been doing ever since. Okay, because I, I was going to say, anybody who's been in a university setting for four years to be able to escape with the with the political values you seem to have would be very, very rare. <laughs> most most of those people oh, after yeah. four years of indoctrination wouldn't have your opinions. 
No, it just pushes, like, the indoctrination that I did get for a year. I mean, community college was fine, but at Texas Southern, it was definitely very hard left. And if anything, it just push, pushes me farther away because I just see how ridiculous it is up front. Well, you know what, Alex? I, I salute you for being a 22-year-old who's really totally involved in his community and, and the issues that he cares about. Uh, you need to get some more of your uh, your, your your friends and colleagues to, to do the same thing. I, I hope at the very least, that you can convince the other 22-year-olds to show up and vote during the midterms because this year it's more important than ever. I agree. I think this is going to go down in the history books. All right. Thanks for joining me, Alex. Good to talk to you, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Talk soon. Bye. Take care. That guy's amazing. He really is. 22. I had no idea he was that young. All right. Alex Rosen, the guy who went down to uh, the uh, Harris County Commissioner's Court meeting and confronted them. Yes, he did. All right. Back with more in a moment. Jimmy Baird Show, AM 950 KPRC. All right, we're back. Jimmy Baird here on AM 950 KPRC as we get ready to wrap it up for this Wednesday. Hey, thanks again for tuning in. I sure do appreciate it. Um, what do I want to talk about in this last segment? Let's do something a little bit different. Let's do, hang on. I'm trying to remember what I asked Will to get up for me first here. Isn't it amazing how quickly my mind is, is a terrible, terrible thing sometimes. Let's do the Greg Gutfeld thing here because I saw this report and I went, are you kidding me? Uh, Boston University, not Boston College, University of Boston, Boston U has evidently come up with a COVID strain that is 80% effective in killing you or killing the population in general, 80% effective. And I'm hearing this, and I'm going, what? Why? What? First of all, why are they doing that? Why is Boston University messing around with the COVID strain? They're, they're, they're doing what they did in this Chinese lab. They're, they're manipulating the COVID virus, in order to make it more lethal. In order to make it more lethal. Why do we have an American university working on this? Is this something we plan on using as a bioweapon? Is this something we're going to let loose here in the United States by accident? Or maybe not by accident? And start killing a bunch of people? I mean, here we go again. Here we go again. Um, Greg Gutfeld tried to put some humor into it, but here he is talking about this COVID strain that they came up with. Now, Boston U calls the media reports false. And why shouldn't we believe them? I mean, that's where AOC got her economics degree. <laughs> but it appears the school is trying to kill the story when they should stick to killing people with lab-made diseases. But they claim that it's actually less dangerous, but was sensationalized by the media, which can't happen. They also say this research will provide a public benefit by leading to better targeted therapeutic interventions which, if you remember, was the premise behind the original gain-of-function research, meaning it's not good when your repudiation sounds just like Dr. Fauci's. You know, they said the mice data was taken out of context, meaning it's really the mice that's at fault. You know, they might have been overweight or smokers. <laughs> and let me guess, the death count includes mice killed in car crashes while having COVID. It's a callback. But maybe they're right. They might be highly susceptible mice. They must have been vaccinated. <laughs> they must have been vaccinated. 
All right, I know what I remember and what I wanted to do. Um, every now and again, I find audio that's kind of a little off the beaten path. It's, it's, it's people on the beaten path, but the, the, the topic is off the beaten path because it comes from testimony, for example. Ted Cruz, um, in front of the Judicial Committee in the Senate, I'm not even sure why he was doing it, but he gave a lecture, uh, and it was a relatively brief one, but he gave a lecture on the history of racism. And I, I think what, 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 what prompted the whole thing is, is they were talking to judicial candidates uh, about, you know, decisions they make and about, you know, whether or not we live in a racist society and all that kind of stuff. And that's when uh, Ted Cruz launched into this. It's, it's, it's a, a historically 100% accurate assessment of the history of racism. Here it is. I do think my colleagues on the Democratic side of the aisle try very hard to erase the history of the Klan, that it was formed by elected Democrats, that its leadership was almost entirely elected Democrats, that the authors of the Jim Crow laws were without exception elected Democrats. And I also think today's congressional Democrats try to use the charge of white supremacy, which is undoubtedly evil, bigoted, and wrong, and weaponized by their own party. They try to use that as a proxy for attacking a political party they disagree with. And they do so by diminishing anti-Jewish violence, anti-Asian violence, violence directed at white people, violence directed at police. My view is simple. Violence is always wrong. Whatever your ideology, left wing, right wing, no wings. If you are seeking to hurt people, it is wrong. Amen. Well said. The man's brilliant. There's, there's just no doubt about it. He, he is brilliant in his assessment. All right, let's leave with a couple of Biden gaffes today. By the way, if you had to bet, you know that you saw the video of him, right, uh, talking about the economy where he's he's eating that big waffle cone, ice cream cone. What do you what do you want to bet the flavor was? I don't know. I'm going with the man's almost. He's getting ready to celebrate his 80th birthday. Although they're going to try to downplay the whole 80th thing. Can you imagine running for re-election and you're you're going to be 82? Uh, anyway. Um, he's, 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 he's chowing down. He's the man loves his ice cream. No doubt about it. I'm betting it was butter pecan. I mean, all the old people I know, that's the flavor they like is butter pecan. They're fiends for butter pecan. That's, that's where my bet is. Anyway, here he is. This is from yesterday. Now he's reading from a teleprompter or trying to, here he is trying to read from a teleprompter on and explaining to you about a fraud website run by the U S government and how to contact that website. I'll also focus on going after fraudsters who call borrowers. They're going to, you're going to receive these calls. I tell anybody who has, who's qualifying for these loans or trying to qualify for these loans. If you get a call pretending they're from the government trying to help you with your loans, let's be clear. Hang up. You never have to pay for any federal help from the student loan program. You're going to get calls if you do this and we'll pay that. You can get relief. That's fraud. If you get any questionable calls, 
please tell us by going to report fraud, report fraud, dotftc.gov. My message to fraudsters looking to cheat the American people is don't do it. We're going to hold you accountable. Dotftc.gov. No, the other dot was 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 dot as well. Um, you, you have two dots in the government site. I didn't get the chance to get to the other one, but that's okay. That, that one was even crazier. It's okay. There's tomorrow. There'll be more gaps to play. Plenty more gaps to play. All right. I think that's enough for today. I'm gonna go get to work on my chili with beans. Um, and you have yourself a great evening. Stay warm. And we will see you tomorrow morning, bright and early, starting at 5 a.m. with Sheriff Fryer on News Radio 740 KTRH. And then we are back here at 4 on AM 950 KPRC. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.